The Lord Jesus often taught through pictures. He gave us a picture of a house being built on sand. He talked about a vine and the branches. He talked many times through pictures. And there's not a better picture of the word legacy than what we are honoring today are moms. Moms leave a lasting legacy that not only impacts this generation, but often many generations to come. And anyone in this room, you don't have to be a mom to build a legacy. Every one of us is building a legacy. You see, a legacy can be negative or it can be positive. It can be used for God's glory or it can be used for your own glory. Everybody is leaving behind a legacy. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to dig in on the example of a mother in Scripture who built an incredible legacy and most of you have never heard of her. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. When we get there, we find that there was a man from the house of Levi. Why is that important? Well, uh, Israel had 12 tribes. All of them had been called out of bondage in Egypt to be a light in the world. They were to be ministers, ambassadors for God. Of the 12 tribes, the tribe of Levi, that tribe... They were designated to be ministers to the ministers, to be the ones in charge of the temple worship, to keep Israel pointed and focused on the Lord God. Well, it says here, there was a man from the house of Levi, and he went and he married a daughter of Levi. Now, that's not a brother and sister getting married, all right? I don't want you to draw a wrong conclusion here. Uh, that was a huge tribe. That was uh, perhaps uh, tens of thousands of people, this part of Israel, and these two were from that same uh, lineage, the tribe of Levi. The woman conceived, and she bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Now, that doesn't sound like much of a mother, does it? Does that, is, is that what you'd expect a mother to do? Oh, you'd expect the first part, right? Is there a mother in the room that says, I bore ugly babies? Any mom in the room? Raise your hand. You're not a mama. You are the ugly baby, but I'm talking to the mamas. <laughs> teasing. Just teasing, bro. No mama thinks they have an ugly baby. Well, my mom did. It wasn't me. It was my little brother. Here's my proof. Look at this picture. Here's my little brother uh, right there. See? 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 There is such a thing as bearing an ugly baby, and my mama is guilty, all right? Now, that's, that's not necessarily, that isn't my brother, but he wasn't much better. I can promise you that, all right? Uh, here's some childhood pictures of our children when they were born and and what, what mother doesn't don't be laughing at my babies right there those aren't my kids aren't my kids baby pictures but I've got other mama's babies look at these other mama babies up on the screen and tell me when they were born that mama said man my baby's pretty huh what about the next picture yeah there are some babies that need praying over all right now they're cute in their own way I get it what about this baby well, there's something interesting about this baby we're talking about in Exodus chapter 2. Uh, actually, this baby was not only talked about in Exodus 2, this baby also was talked about all the way in the New Testament in Acts chapter 7. Take a look at Acts chapter 7 and verse 20. Stephen, the first martyr, a teenager who was standing up for the gospel, preaching to his Jewish brethren about their history took them all the way back to this baby look at it in acts chapter 7 verse 20 he says it was at the time that moses was born this baby in exodus 2 is the baby 
who you would know as the testimony named Moses. Look at what Stephen said. It was at this time that Moses was born. He was lovely in the sight of God. As he's given testimony, he knew what that Hebrew word beautiful meant. He wasn't just pretty on the outside. He wasn't just one of those cute little warm, fuzzy little babies you just wanted to cuddle. When he was born, his parents could see the mark and the call of God on that baby boy. There was something about his countenance. There was something God spoke into their spirit that said God had a beautiful plan for his life. They saw that. They believed that. They weren't just saying, oh, look how cute my baby is. It wasn't a cute baby. It was a beautiful baby. They realized God had a call on his life. Can I say this to you? God has a call on your life as well. I know Jeremiah 29, 11 was given for a specific reason, but I also believe we can see throughout scripture, God has a very specific plan for each and every life in this room, a plan to give you a future and a hope. Well, there was a very specific plan for this baby. This was a beautiful baby. We know Moses' legacy, but you know why you know Moses? Because of the legacy of his mother. You don't have to say it out loud, but I'd just be curious how many of you even can remember the name of his mother. The name of his mother is Jochebed. Now, when's the last time you heard a sermon about Moses? You hear about Moses all the time. When was the last time you studied or heard a sermon about the legacy of Jochebed. Well, today you're going to hear one. Today we're going to dig into her story and we're going to learn how we can make a difference not only in our family, in our family tree, but from generation to generation. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 2 quickly. Let's dig out some things. Verse 1. It says again, there was a man from the house of Levi who married this daughter of Levi. We know that they grew up in a spiritual home. The Levites, again, as I told you, were the people who led out in the temple worship. They were called to minister to the ministers. They grew up with a spiritual heritage. They had seen moms and dads, hopefully grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, who had modeled for them what it meant to truly worship God with your life. They had a godly heritage. And they came together and they formed their own family and they could have decided, you know, we need to go our own way. We don't need to honor the God of our fathers, our mothers, our ancestors. We got our own path to go. No, no, no. They lived lives of faith that they inherited as well, that they had seen growing up in their very own homes. But we get to this time, and as she would look at verse 2, it says that she would at that time bear a son. Now, what's the significance of that? Well, we know that son would be Moses. That's significant. But there was something more significant because in that particular era of history, it was not a good time to give birth to a Hebrew son. Now, if you had a daughter, that was fine. But because of where they were living, because of the politics of their day, Pharaoh had put out an edict that if there were any Hebrew boys born, they were to be thrown into the Nile River and drowned. It was his form of government uh, government abortion he aborted had all the hebrew boys aborted why because he had heard that there was prophesied in israel's history that they would raise up a king a threat to his throne and so pharaoh throughout the edict that if there were any hebrew boys born they were to be thrown into 
the river. It was at this time that it wasn't easy to raise a son. She didn't get to do what other moms did. She didn't get to run around and show everybody the sonogram pictures of her baby growing inside of her. She didn't get to go take her husband to baby birthing classes. Thank you, right, dads in the room. Enjoy that one. She didn't get to have a baby shower thrown by her friends. No, it was a tough, tough season. And she did not know what she was going to do. And yet God led her and God worked through her legacy. Look at it, verse 3. What's she going to do? Is she going to honor the government? Is she going to have to live according to the culture's ways and what Pharaoh has commanded? No, she lived a life that glorified the Lord and she walked by faith. That's the first thing I want you to write down is she lived by faith. How do we know that? Look at verse 3. It says, when he was born she would hide him she didn't throw him into the river she hid him she hid him for three months and she could no longer hide him so she got him a wicker basket she put it together she made it with her own hands she covered it over with tar and pitch then she put the child into this basket and set it among the reeds by the bank of the nile she would then place moses sister at a distance to find out what would happen to her baby now, why is this a picture of faith? Well, there are several things we need to see. Number one, she realized that she was bringing a Hebrew boy into this world, and it was not safe for him. That as much as she wanted to protect him and care for him, she had to trust her child to God. And so she walked by faith. She didn't cave to the culture. She didn't cave to the pressure. She didn't do what other people said she was supposed to do. She honored God with her life of faith. And by faith, she put together a basket. By faith, she put her three-month-old baby in this basket and put him into that river where other mothers had had to cast their boys into the river only to watch their children drown. Now, as we look at this story, there's something I had never seen before. That word for basket in the Hebrew is a word that translates to ba. There's only one other time that that word in the Hebrew language is seen in the Old Testament. What she built, this thing that was called a tabah, is a picture of what she had learned through her spiritual legacy. Only one other time has that word been used that we can see in the Old Testament, and it's a picture of when God told Noah to build a what? No, not an ark, a tabah. We call it an ark. That word is tabah. She knew the story of her ancestors. She knew the faith. And she remembered how God had come to Noah and how God's family had been saved because God showed him to build a tabah. And so what did this mother of faith do? She did the only thing she knew to do. She went back to the legacy of her forefathers. And she said, I will build a tabah. For my baby boy, my baby boy Moses. Now, it wasn't of the size and dimension. She didn't have a hundred years to build this tabah. So she build, built this little vessel, this vessel of salvation. And she trusted God to deliver her child, just like he had Noah in his family. And she placed that tabah in the Nile. And she trusted God with the rest. If you want to build a legacy that makes a difference, walk by faith. 
Hebrews eleven twenty three says this. We'll put it up on the screen, I believe. Yeah. By faith, Moses. How would Moses know how to walk by faith? We're going to learn that in a minute. We'll see because he learned it from his mother. By faith, Moses, when he was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child. He was marked for God. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Moses was able to walk by faith because he had a mama that walked by faith, a daddy who walked by faith. He learned not much. He didn't get to live with them for very long. But what he did learn is he learned what it meant to really live a life that you should live, not according to Pharaoh's commands, but a life of faith. Take a look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 5. Again, his parents didn't walk by fear or by the demands of the culture. They walked by faith. They believed that it was more important to serve the king of kings than it was to serve the king of Egypt or the Pharaoh of Egypt. So we get to verse 5, and it says this, The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened the tabah, the basket, she saw that the child was there and he was crying and she had pity on him and said this is one of the hebrews children there was moses sister remember she had been placed there at a distance to watch what would happen she came out and approached pharaoh's daughter and she said shall i go and call a nurse for you from the hebrew women that she may nurse this child for you pharaoh's daughter said to her go ahead so the girl went guess who she got she went back and got her mom moses mom brought her back and said here here is one who can go so as she brought her back pharaoh's daughter said to her take this child away nurse him for me and oh by the way i'll pay you to do it is that not like god is that not cool how many of you mamas would have liked to got paid for what you were doing and changing all those diapers and taking care of them babies early right how cool is this that god would so honor her faith when you walk by faith god will do the rest whether you can see it whether you can understand it she had no clue how this would come together all she could do by faith was place her child into god's hands in that tabah and trust god with the rest she walked by faith she didn't walk by sight she didn't walk by the culture she walked by faith the second thing we see as we continue to look at the story a legacy that lasts not just a lifetime but for all of eternity is she passed on that faith she passed on that faith the Bible says that she was called in by Pharaoh's daughter to care for this baby to nurse him until he was weaned now in the culture of that day that could be anywhere from three years or a little longer and what psychologists tell us is that 90% of who you become is determined in the first three years of your life the most formative years are from your birth through th three years of age and guess who got to mama Moses Jochebed when she was supposed to lose her child God gave her child back he returned her son to her he blessed her faith and she got to pass on her faith to Moses the greatest way you leave a legacy we just did two funerals yesterday one funeral was extremely humbling it was of a young man named Heath Bolhouse 
Heath was just a few years younger than me when I became the youth pastor here way back at the old location way back in the 80s. Younger than me, I was his youth pastor. I was doing his funeral yesterday. And when you come to a funeral, you'll hear an obituary read. People will talk about their life. And many times they'll write about the things they did. Well, that's just their history. But that's not their legacy. That's the things that they did. But here's what we know. Our legacy is not so much about what we did in our lifetime as much as who we were in our lifetime. What blew me away was his son who walked up to this very pulpit, addressed this audience, and talked about his dad. His name is Logan. And Logan stood here, a tall, broad-shouldered young man, and he gave tribute not to the things his dad did, but he talked about who his dad was in his life. That is legacy. You see, legacy... The greatest way to leave a legacy is to live the legacy. It's not what we do with our hands. It's what we do with our life. Matthew 5, 16 says it this way. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Live it. Live the light. It didn't talk about what we do for God. It just says be the light. That's how you build a legacy. So Moses, we read about him again in Hebrews eleven twenty four. If you want to write that in your notes, Hebrews eleven twenty four. Listen to what it says about Moses, the son of who? Jochebed. It says this about Moses by faith. Moses by faith. Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God to en- instead of enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. It goes on, it says, by faith he left Egypt. By faith he kept the Passover. By faith, by faith, by faith, over and over and over again. Now you would think Moses would have become like Pharaoh. He spent more of his years with Pharaoh than he did Jochebed. But you see, here's the thing about a spiritual legacy. When you walk by faith and you pass on that faith, that faith lives on forever no matter what happens from generation to generation. How did Moses learn to walk by faith? He didn't learn it from Pharaoh. He didn't learn it from Pharaoh's daughter. He learned it from Jochebed and his daddy. Parents who walked by faith, parents who passed on that faith to their child. When we look at Moses, we find he didn't fall for the things of this world he fell for the legacy of what he saw he saw more in Jochebed than he ever saw in Pharaoh or Pharaoh's daughter let me put this chart up on the screen I want you to see the difference between a worldly legacy and a spiritual legacy I want to contrast the two moms his stepmom Pharaoh's daughter his real mom birth mom Jochebed Pharaoh's daughter could offer him affluence Jochebed offered him the reality of a life of influence. Pharaoh's daughter said, hey, listen, you can be powerful. You can be a part of Pharaoh's kingdom. You can have all of this affluence. But Moses didn't cave to that. He didn't give in to that fleshly desire of privilege and power, prestige. He wanted what he saw in his mom, Jochebed, influence. 
Pharaoh's daughter could offer him resources, all kinds of resources, unlimited resources. But Jochebed offered him significance through relationship, not just relationship with her, but relationship with a holy God. Pharaoh's daughter offered him the palace. Jochebed, her legacy was, no, you can have passion, passion for God, passion for your calling, passion for a significant calling on your life and a difference you can make in this world. Pharaoh's daughter could offer him wealth. Jochebed gave him wisdom. Do you see the difference? Look at those. Look at those two realities. And then let me just talk to moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas in the room. Next generation, listen in, but let me just talk to moms and dads right now. If we're not careful, we will fall into the trap of Pharaoh's daughter of saying, man, I got to give i got to provide for my children more than I had as a kid. I've got to give them all these things. And we spend all of our life building affluence or perceived affluence instead of influence. We fall for the trap of the things of this world and what we got to pass on to our kids when we need to point them to the one who created this world. A legacy that lasts beyond this lifetime. The last thing I want you to see, and we'll get to lunch, and we've got to see it quickly, is this. The third thing, not only did she walk by faith, not only did she pass on that faith, but she continued to walk in faith. She had a maturing faith. How do we know that? Look at the life of Moses. You see, if she hadn't continued to walk by faith, Moses wouldn't have continued to be inspired by her faith. And I want to show you one last passage. We've got to see it very quickly. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. It's on the screen. God would reveal to Moses how to have relationship with him, the commandments he would give to God's people, but then he shares with the people how to take those commands, that wisdom from God, and what he learned from his parents, how to live it out. Look at this. Look at what he said. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Notice he didn't say you should love the Lord with your hands, the work of your hands. He said with your heart. It's a heart issue. Where did he learn that? Jochebed, a woman who had a heart for God. He learned that also from God because she pointed him to God and he would meet with God and he would walk with God. He had faith in God because he had a mother who planted that in his heart. He said... You shall, love the God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your hearts. And you are to teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Where did Moses get that wisdom? Because the first three to five years of his life, he was the benefactor of a godly legacy. A mother who knew she only had a few years with her son, who every morning when she rose up, she spoke God into her child. As they went through their day, she continued to pass on that faith to Moses throughout the day. And when they went to bed at night, the Lord lay me down to sleep. She would plant those seeds in her child's heart. She walked by faith, she passed on that faith, she grew in her faith, and as a result, she built a legacy that lived on in Moses 
that not only impacted her child, but impacted a nation and still impacts this world today.